I count it an honor and privilege to bring the Word of God to you today and have the honor to preach to you. Do pray for our pastor. He's away on vacation, and I'm looking forward to leaving on vacation tomorrow. So y'all pray for me and my family as we'll be away for a week. Um, But I look forward to opening up the Word of God and preaching to you today. Does anybody know what's going to happen in 27 days? Anybody got a clue? Yes. College football starts in 27 days. Can I get an amen in the house? Yes. I love football. I'm telling you. Um, college football is one of my favorite things to watch. Um, I love to watch high school football. Um, I love to just watch football, period. Um, it's one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, and we all have our favorite teams, don't we? All right? Um, some of y'all in here, y'all are Georgia Bulldog fans. All right? And y'all don't miss a game when the dogs are on TV. Some of y'all in here are Clemson Tiger fans. All right? And you never miss a game when the Tigers are running down the hill. All right? Some of y'all in here, you've got your other teams. Some of y'all like Notre Dame. Some of y'all like Ohio State. Okay? Um, I don't know what's wrong with you, but y'all like them. Okay? All right? But you all have your teams, and we all get fired up and ready for football season, okay? High school players are getting ready, college players are getting ready, and even the professionals are getting ready for their seasons to start. And in my house, we're getting excited that football is going to be back on the television. Um, Saturdays are a special time um, at our house because we do something uh, that my wife has named Biscuit Saturday. And, and here's what I do. Um, I get up every Saturday morning and I go get my boys' sausage biscuits from Burger King. And I, and I go to Bojangles and I get her a sausage biscuit from there because she likes something with a little kick. All right. And then I get my gravy biscuit and my two bowberry biscuits. And then during college football season, we come back to the house and we sit down and it's college game day time. Okay. It's time to see Des Howard. It's time to see Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreet and just sit there and enjoy um, college game day and see what headgear Lee's going to put on that day. And then, you know, it's fire up the grill, get something to eat, and just sit there and watch football all day long. Maybe if you're like us, we love to go over to people's houses and sit down and watch the games. Um, Sometimes at my house, I have to put earplugs in. Um, It's so funny. I was the high school and the college athlete, but I'm the quiet one when it comes to the TV. Um, My wife is a shouter. Uh, she, she gets into it, um, especially if the Tigers are playing. She is a diehard Clemson fan. When we moved to South Carolina in 2012, she took that whole cheering for a South Carolina team pretty serious. Um, she is a diehard fan. She never misses a game. Um, the kids have to get new Clemson apparel every single year. And uh, she's looking for a new Clemson decal for her car. So she is a diehard Clemson fan. But the beautiful part about the game of football is, is for us, it is a power struggle, isn't it? Watching that happen there on the gridiron, seeing those guys go out there, and they put those pads and those helmets on, and they just go to war, don't they? And for those minutes that they're out there on that football field, they are going to go out there with the mentality of, I'm going to rip this other guy's head off. And they go out there and... They run, and they hit, okay? And these guys throw the ball, and they run with the ball. But it truly is a fight. And it's a fight for four quarters. 
And I want to tell you today that every single one of those quarters is significant to those teams that are on that field. Every one of those quarters stands for something, and they all have a goal and a game plan for each one of those quarters. But here's what I want to do today. I want to preach to you a message entitled, Four Quarters. Which one are you in? Four quarters, which one are you in? Guys are going to help me with some slides up there. Let's talk about that. Football is a fight, and I want to tell you this, that we are in a fight spiritually. We're in a fight spiritually. Let's see what the book of Timothy has to say about that. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12 says this, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. I want to tell you this, we are, it is almost as if we are in a spiritual game of football ourselves. Now, the spiritual game of football is a little bit different than the actual physical game. This fight that we're in, you see, when you see a football team sitting on there on the sidelines, only certain people get to play <laughs> in this fight. When you watch it on TV, you know what I love to see? I love to see these guys at the end of the game that their uniform is perfectly clean. <laughs> they have never played <laughs> a second of the game. But yet, they're sitting there and they're raising the trophy like, we did it, we did it. You didn't even play. <laughs> All those other guys sitting over there with stained jerseys, bumps and bruises and hurts. They went out there and because they were more talented than those guys sitting on the sidelines, they got to play. You'll find in high school and in college and even in professional, guys will go to teams because they want to play the game. They don't want to sit on the sidelines. They want to be involved. They want to be part of the game. Well, I want to tell you this today, church. Spiritually, we are all in the game. Okay? No one is to be sitting on the sidelines. We're all to be involved in this fight together. If you find yourself on the sidelines, I will tell you this, you put yourself there. Those kids that are going to be playing football in 27 days, if they find themselves on the sidelines, it's because their coach put them there. He said, son, you're not following your assignments. You don't have as much talent as the guy over here. I'm going to put you on the sidelines because if I put you out there on the field, that gives us a less chance of winning. I want to tell you this today, church. God has a plan for every single one of us, and he never, ever has someone accept him as Lord and Savior just to sit on a pew and take up space. We're all to be in this fight together, and God gives us roles, and God gives us things to do in this fight, in this battle. And we're all to work together. And I want to tell you this today. You may feel like your role is insignificant. But there are no insignificant roles in the kingdom of God and in this fight. They all matter. We all make a difference for the kingdom. So don't sit there and belittle yourself and say, what I do for God really doesn't matter because I'm not behind a pulpit or I'm not teaching a Sunday school class or I'm not involved in a specific ministry. I want to tell you today, 
All kingdom work is vital in this fight, and we must all work together for the common goal because victory is ours through Jesus Christ, but we must commit and we must fight because we do have an enemy who does not like what we do, and he does not like how we do it. And he's going to go out there and he's going to scheme up a game plan to go against us in this fight. He's going to try to trip us up. He's going to try to trick us. He's going to try to get us to fall flat on our face. He is going to try to defeat us. Because I want to tell you today, just as I told teenagers last night, the reason that the devil works so hard to get Christians to slip up and to fall And to get depressed and discouraged is this. You see, he's a loser. And he doesn't like to go down by himself. And he knows this, that if he's already lost your soul, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he's lost your soul forever. And so all that he has is this life here to try to make it as miserable and as rough on you as he can. But I want to look at the four quarters today. And I believe that you will find yourself in one of these quarters, if not all of them, in specific aspects of life. Let's look at quarter number one. The first quarter this morning. I want to tell you this. Be excited, but be prepared. Now, for people that are going into the first quarter, all right, Some of you, you may be students in here, and maybe you're about to start high school, or maybe you're about to start middle school, or maybe you're about to start college. You're about to start the first quarter of that part of your life. Maybe if you're an adult in here and you're about to start a new job, you're about to start the first quarter of that part of your life. Maybe if you're a young couple in here and you just welcome maybe your first child um, into your home, you're about to start (laughs) that first quarter. (laughs) of that part of your life. The first quarter is very, very important. We're we're all excited to get started, but we have to be prepared. You see, in the game of football, these guys get amped up to get these ball games started. If you watch Virginia Tech, they're standing there in the tunnel with the American flag and The song Inner Sandman is blaring over the speakers and everybody from the age of 8 to 80 is jumping up and down in that stadium. And they're ready. They're excited. If you go and watch the Tigers play down in Clemson and you see those buses pull around to the hill, everybody gets excited for the most exciting 25 seconds in college football as the Tigers run down the hill. But don't let all of that excitement fool you. These guys have been through strenuous preparation for what they're about to do. You see, you don't get to see the the behind-the-scenes work that all these guys do that goes into getting started in this first quarter. They go through multiple practices, sometimes two-a-days and three-a-days, in order to get ready to start this first quarter. They study playbooks, some with up in the hundreds of plays that these guys have to memorize. They have to know audibles. Now, if you don't know what an audible is, it's when the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and he looks at the defense and he doesn't like 
how things are matching up. And so he calls a different play from the line of scrimmage. It doesn't come from a coach. It comes from him. That's called an audible. They must know all those audibles and know how to set up in those formations. And don't be deceived. They have watched numerous hours of film on their opponent for that week. They know their opponent's tendencies. They know what to expect. And they come up with a game plan. So I want to tell you today, the next time you watch a football game and you see these guys getting real excited to get this game started, I want you to realize this. Their excitement does not overload their preparation because their coach has been very, very stern with them. I know you're excited. I know you're ready. But stick to the game plan and stick to the preparation that you have done because we want to win. Church, I want to tell you this spiritually today. Don't let your excitement of getting started in the first quarter of a part of your life override your preparation. We get very, very excited about new things that we get to do for the Lord and new avenues in life. But I want to tell you this, if you jump into it and you have not prepared for your opponent, it's not going to go very well for you. You will find yourself in a mess to a teenager who's about to start middle school or high school or go off to college. I know you're excited. Now, you're not excited that school's going to start in a couple weeks, but you're excited for the new things that you're going to get to do and the new friendships and the new avenues of life that you get to go up and down. But I want to tell you this. You must prepare for your enemy because he's preparing for you. And as you walk through those school doors in just a couple weeks, yes, you're going to be greeted with teachers and friends, but you're going to be greeted with an enemy. And I promise you this, he's going to be trying to get you to slip up. He's going to be trying to get you to fall. Don't let your excitement override your preparation. You must be prepared for what you're about to do. As an adult, maybe you're about to go into a new job, or maybe there's some newlyweds in here today. Don't let your excitement override your preparation because the same way that the devil's going to be waiting at the schools to try to get these kids to slip up and to ruin their testimony, the devil comes to your workplace, okay, and he comes to your house too. Don't be too excited that you forget to prepare for your opponent in these times of your life. I'm reminded of that as my son is about to start kindergarten. Man, that's... That's a crazy thing to say. But my little boy, as he's my oldest, and, and I'm excited for him to, to get to go to kindergarten and to get to do all these things. I began to think last night as I was studying, have I prepared him for this step in life? Have I prepared his little heart and have I prepared his little mind for what he's about to go into Have I prepared him for the first time when, y'all know kids, they're very, very blunt and they're honest. They don't hide anything. When a kid walks up to him and says, Jesus isn't real and I don't believe all that junk. How's my little boy going to feel? What's my little boy going to think? What's my little boy going to think the first time he hears kids talking about things they shouldn't be talking about or doing things they shouldn't be doing? 
Have I prepared him to be that peculiar person, to stand out and to say, no, the Bible tells me to look like Jesus. My little boy does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but I can tell you this, he loves church and he loves Jesus, and it's my job to prepare him and to not let my excitement override the preparation that I'm to have for him as he's about to go in to this stage of life. The Bible tells us this in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Church, remember this about the first quarter. You can't win it in this quarter, but you can lose it. No game is ever won in the first quarter because there's three more to play. But I want to tell you this. There's been many a team that's taken the football field and they got in such a deficit in the first quarter that it was such an uphill battle that they ended up being on the losing end come fourth quarter. Teenager, start out well. Adult, start out well. Married couple, start out well. New parents, start out well. The first quarter is very, very pivotal. Let's look at the second quarter. Now, the second quarter is a fun one because you've done got your bearings, okay? You've went out there and you've already played. And now you, you know what to expect. Your enemy's done, showed you what he's like. You've done been hit a few times. <laughs> you can figure out what kind of plays he's running. Maybe what his game plan is. But I want to tell you about a tendency that football teams and even us as Christians fall into. We get nervous and it comes to a point where we want to change game plans. You see, in that second quarter, you can sit there and you say, oh, man, I don't think things are working exactly the way I wanted them to work. These teams, they step out there and they expect to absolutely run through somebody and be dominating the game in the first quarter. But what happens when you go out there and it's a stalemate? <laughs> Maybe you're tied. It's a close game. And people begin to think, you know what, maybe I need to rethink my strategy. Maybe I need to rethink my game plan. I want to tell you this, those players that are out there on that field, if they take matters into their own hands and they go against the game plan that the coaches have set up for them to execute out there on that field, two things are going to happen. Number one, something's going to go very, very wrong. And number two, they're going to get jerked out of that ball game. <laughs> and they may have a hand grabbing on that face mask, and they may get a chewing, as my daddy likes to call it. I want to tell you this today, Christian. In the second quarter, it may not seem like you are absolutely dominating your enemy. You may feel like you're in a stalemate. You may feel like, you know what, I'm not gaining any ground, but I'm not losing any ground. I'm kind of staying where I'm at. You will be tempted by your enemy to change the game plan. Now, here's the beautiful part of it for us as Christians. We're not in control of the game plan. God is. 
God's got the game plan for your life and for the avenues that you're in these quarters. God wants you to stick with that game plan. Don't take it into your own hands. Don't try your own way because you'll make a mess out of it. I'm thinking about Joshua chapter 6. You, you know that very familiar passage of Scripture. Joshua and the battle of Jericho. Now Jericho had those big old walls. No one could penetrate those walls. Nobody could defeat that city. Now God had a game plan, didn't he? Y'all know the story. You're going to march around the city. And you're going to be quiet. Now you know that had to be tough. You're going to do it six times. Now, I don't know how the children of Israel were during that time, but you can follow throughout their journey. These were some complaining people. And they like to try to come up with their own ideas and their own game plans for things. How tempting it must have been the second or third or fourth time that they march around the city to say, you know what? This is the dumbest thing I ever heard of in my life. Oh, Joshua's lost. I'm going to do it my way. I think we can penetrate these walls. I think we can get in. I think we can win the battle our way. You would have had a lot different account in Scripture had they thought that way. But they stuck to God's game plan. They were a word that we don't like. Patient. <laughs> Hebrews 12.1 tells us to run the race with patience. If you're in that second quarter today, maybe you've got your bearings, maybe you've gotten started, but maybe you feel like you're not getting as many victories. and You're not dominating as you thought you would. I want to encourage you today, don't change the game plan. Don't take things into your own hands. Don't try it your way. God's plan is perfect. It always will be, and it always has been. Don't take the playbook out of his hands and try it your way. You will make a mess of things, and you will get behind and you will give your enemy a little bit of victory in that second quarter. Finish well before a period of rest. Everybody knows after the second quarter, you get to go to halftime. And um, at the end of that second quarter, you want to leave on a, on a good note. Um, you want to have an upbeat attitude um, as you're jogging into the locker room. I'm thankful in my spiritual life for times of rest aren't you? Um, I'm about to take one this week. Uh, a time of rest, a time to sit down and, and to analyze and to think and to, and to recharge. Because it's a lot of work being in this fight. You're going to take some blows. You're going to take some hits. Okay, And there's going to be some times that you need to sit down and you need to rest and you need to heal up. And I want to tell you this, as we talk about the third quarter today, you need to take advantage of your times of healing and rest. When we talk about rest, I'm reminded of Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Talking about healing, Psalm verse 6, chapter 6, verse 2, excuse me. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. Take time to rest and to heal. Many times people think that we as Christians that we don't, we don't get hurt. <laughs> Everything in our life is supposed to be perfectly fine because we've got Jesus and we're never going to have another struggle. We're never going to have another pain. <laughs> Everything's just going to be perfect in our life. That's one of the biggest lies the devil has ever told the world. <laughs> we are going to go through trials and troubles and we're going to have pain in our lives. And, and I want to tell you this. I believe this with all my being today. Those of you that are struggling today and you've been through this emotional and spiritual pain, it hurts worse than physical pain. I, I'm with you. I've been through those times in my life as well where I hurt so deep spiritually and emotionally that it, it went deeper than my bones. And it, it hurt worse than any other physical pain that I've had in my life. But I'm thankful for the times of halftime that I get to sit down and I get to unplug and I get to sit there and, and let God work on my life and to give me rest and to, to heal me up and to get me ready for the third quarter. Now, the third quarter is a, is a very pivotal one because you need to come back out and you need to make a good impression. You see, for the third quarter, you know that you're now in the second half. And you're making that charge towards the end of the game. And you need to come out and make a statement in that third quarter. Attitude is key. When, after you come out of halftime, no matter what the score is, no matter how you feel about the whole situation, have a positive attitude and be ready to go out there and stick to the game plan and rush hard towards the finish line. Third quarter... I want to encourage you today, church, to be revived. Be revived. Here's what Psalm 138, verse 7 says here in the beginning of the verse. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. How many times have I seen on a television screen a team that goes into the locker room and the game may be close and it may seem like they're towards the end that they weren't executing as well as they should have been and they go into the locker room and that coach gives them that great halftime speech, and all of a sudden, it looks like a different team. Have any of y'all ever heard of an, an announcer say that before when a team comes out of the locker room? Man, it looks like a different team is walking out on this field right now. They look a lot different than they did than they went in. I want to tell you this about the third quarter, church. It's time to be revived. Now, in order to be revived, okay, you can't revive something unless it was alive to begin with. Okay, so it had to be alive at one time, and you pump more life into it, all right? Many times we need to sit down and grab us a spiritual Gatorade and a Nutrigrain bar and be ready to go and say, we're going to come out here in the third quarter, and we're going to give the devil a fit because the first half is over, and now it's time to start the second half. I want to tell you today, many of you, you may find yourself in this third quarter in the avenues of life. 
Maybe you're about to be a junior in high school or a junior in college, and you can sit back and you can say, you know what, my first two years, you know, they were pretty good, but I'm really going to make my mark. I'm really going to get started right now because the defeats and the things that I've had, hey, that's not me anymore. I'm walking out, and I'm walking in a new person, revived, ready to go. Maybe if you're in a place of employment, and hey, you have just been kicked in the shins and beat to death, okay? You adults, where you work, maybe you have had a time where you have had some rest and healing, and now it's time for you to walk into that place of employment revived, ready to get back at it, and they're going to feel like they got a new employee come Monday morning. Christian, I want to tell you this. We need to be revived if we're going to fight this enemy. We cannot be routine. We cannot be mundane. We have to be revived and we have to be ready to take it to the enemy, especially in the second halves of the avenues of our lives. And that takes us to the fourth quarter. Now, for many people, the fourth quarter is their, one of their favorites, all right? Um, I, I love it uh, for football games. You'll see the guys at, when the clock strikes zero in that third quarter, they raise those four fingers up and that means... It's go time, baby. Fourth quarter. It's time to dig down deep. It's time to finish well. We're going to win this thing. We're giving it all we got for this quarter. Now, fourth quarter is, is very, very pivotal because at this time, hey, you, you may be tired. You may be worn out. All right? But it's time to finish well. Finish well. Second Timothy Four and seven, Paul writes this, I have fought the good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. I want to tell you today, some of you may be in the fourth quarters of different avenues in your life. Some of you in here, um, you may be about to change jobs. And you're at a point where you're about to leave your place of employment for another one. I want to tell you this. We as Christians, we're called to finish well in all things. Give them your best at that place before you go. Students, I want to encourage you this. Some of you are about to finish middle school this year, about to finish high school. Some people may be about to finish college. It's time to finish well. Put all you got into this year. Make your mark. Finish well. And be able to look back at that time in your life where you can say, I won. I won. I finished well. I was victorious during this time in my life. We all like to win, don't we? Nobody likes to lose. <laughs> if you like to lose, I'll pray for you. <laughs> but I like to win. I tell the kids that I coach, I've been coaching baseball for eight years. I tell the kids that I coach, I hate to lose more than I love to win. And there's a difference. I cannot stand losing at anything. I don't care if it's Mario Kart, Candyland, or a ball game. I do not like to lose. And don't let my wife fool you. She's worse than I am. All right? <laughs> but we want to be victorious. We want to come out with the trophy. We want to finish well and get the end result. Well, I want to tell you this, church. 
we as Christians, we as the church, in the avenues of your life where you're in the fourth quarter, and God's about to finish this work in you in whatever place that you are in, we only claim victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not about us. You'll see many of these football players, they'll give interviews, and a lot of them, it's all about me, 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 and what I did. And a lot of these coaches are all about me, 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 what I did, and how we did things. I love it when I see one get a microphone shoved in their face, and they sit there and say, I got to give all glory to Jesus Christ, who gave me the talent to play this game, who gave me the ability who gave me a great mom and dad and who paved the way for me to be able to do this. Don't you love it when you hear interviews like that? That's the way we as Christians should be when we're interviewed, when we're victorious. Not sitting there saying, oh man, yeah, I, I did all this and I did all that. Look at my resume and look at all the things that I did. No, we ought to say, as we find in 1 John 4, 4, we can see greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And maybe you could quote Romans eight thirty seven and say that we are more than conquerors through him. Church, I want to tell you today, God's got a plan for your life, whatever quarter you're in. He wants you to be victorious. He has set out so that you will be successful. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have an enemy that's going to try to trip you up every which way that you go. But we have a God who is faithful. And I want to encourage you in this today. We've got a God who's never lost. He's never lost. And he never will lose. And through him, we will always be victorious no matter what quarter you're in stick to the Lord Jesus Christ follow his game plan follow his lead prepare for your enemy go out there and finish well run your race well wherever God has you at this moment in your life may you always give God the glory for everything that he's done and everything he's going to do and leave it better than you found it. Leave it better than you found it. These guys, they go into these top-notch programs, and they leave a mark on these programs. Every one of these football players that walks into a college or a high school or even in the professional ranks, they want to leave that team. When their time is done, they want to leave that team, they want to leave that program better in the way that they found it. Church, we're called to do the same thing. Student, leave your school better than how you found it. Adult, leave your place of employment better than how you found it. Married couples in here, maybe you started out rocky. But when the Lord calls one of you home, leave your marriage better than how you found it. Look at these little kids in here. When they get to that age and they leave your house, 
may they be better for the cause of Christ than when they started. Leave it better than how you found it. Me as a minister, this is the only church that I've ever served in. I've been blessed here. I'm about to start my sixth year here as youth minister. Do you know what my goal is? That if God were to ever call me to go elsewhere, I want to leave Midway Baptist Church better than how I found it. I want to leave Midway Baptist Youth better than how I found it. And I want my ministry, until God calls me home, to always continually get better than it was yesterday. I pray that's the same goal for the things in your life as well. We go into a time of invitation today. Um, I'm going to ask Miss Tammy to come to the piano. I'm going to ask you, which quarter are you in? Where are you at in your time of life? If you're in first quarter today, maybe you just want to come up here and pray. And you want to say, God, help me to not override my preparation with excitement. Help me to be prepared for the things that I'm going to go through in this fight. Maybe if you're in the second quarter today, and maybe you feel like, Man, I'm not getting a lot of victories right now. I really feel like God's plan isn't working. Maybe you've just been encouraged today to come up here and say, God, I'm going to stick to your game plan. Help me not to take it into my own hands. Maybe today that you're in a time, you're coming out of halftime. Maybe you've had to have a time of healing and rest. And maybe you just need to come up here and pray that God would revive you and give you the strength to come out of that locker room, ready to go and kick the devil right in the teeth in the battles of your life. And maybe today you find yourself in quarter number four where you're about to finish well and you want to pray for God to give you the strength to leave it better than how you found it. This altar's open, okay? Um, as she plays, you just be obedient to what God would have you to do, all right? This time is the Lord's.